When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm pleased to say we're joined by Sunday Mail Scott McDermott and Record Sports Gavin Berry to look at all the latest goings on at Ibrox. On the pod today, we dissect that Super Sunday showing against Hibs. We discuss just how Steven Gerrard manages his Jermaine Defoe Alfredo Morelos headache. We delve back into Ryan Kent's situation at Liverpool after his banishment to the under-23s with the Reds. And we look ahead to the second leg against Mitchelland on Thursday. Plenty, as always, guys, to, to, to get ahead with. Um, let's start. At the start, then, with Sunday's sexy football shown against Hibs. <laughs> um, all round pretty decent weekend at the office for Rangers, Scott. But um, I know you were keen to, to touch on the Morelos-Defoe situation. I mean, in comes Jermaine Defoe, returns a hat-trick in one half of football, throws on Alfredo Morelos, and suddenly he nearly does the same. What, well, what a nice situation. It's a, it's a manager's dream, isn't it? Um, I mean, <laughs> some people would have probably looked at the Rangers team on Sunday, obviously with Morelos and Arfield on the bench, and no, I know a lot of guys, no, a lot of supporters who think, no, the league is the one hundred percent priority this year. Um, to be honest, they probably don't care too much for the for the Europa League. Um, no, they'd like to be in it. They'd like to be part of it, but not at the no at the, at the cost of the of the Premiership. Um, so they probably looked at the team and thought Stephen Gerrard's taking a bit of a risk, um, leaving Morelos and Arfield out. In a similar way to what Neil Lennon did 24 hours previously, uh, Celtic leaving Edward and Christie on the bench at, at Motherwell. Uh, but that paid off for Celtic and it certainly paid off for, for Gerard. Um, Defoe's response, his performance, no, so clinical. It was like no, the Jermaine Defoe of old. Ah, it's really. vintage Defoe, wasn't um, it? It was, it was incredible. Um, no, the first goal latching onto the rebound. Second goal, brilliant movement to get across his man and finish with his weaker foot. And then great movement again uh, to put the header away uh, after brilliant work for Stephen Davis, obviously. So, no, terrific performance for Defoe. And from Rangers, I mean, despite you no know, a week in a ropey spell that they had uh, probably after Hibs, after Hibs scored, the game should have been out of sight before Hibs scored. But when they get the goal back, um, it kind of knocked Rangers a wee bit. But you can't argue with the the second half performance, particularly after uh, Hibs went to ten men. They were ruthless. They were clinical. Everything that Gerrard's wanted. And Morelos obviously comes on and gets his couple of goals as well. So I mean, in, in the striking department, Gerard can have no complaints with, with those two at the minute. As a striker, Gavin, as a striker, I mean, I'm 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 trying to pick fault here. You can't after a Sunday like that. But if Fredo Morelos goes and puts in his best performance for for a long time against uh-huh. Mitchelland on the Thursday, 
and then to find himself on the bench at a full Ibrox on the Sunday a few days later, that has got to hurt. It's got to, it's got to be frustrating, isn't it? I know I we all know what Steven Gerrard's doing, but still, yeah. is there a case you've got to maybe manage these individuals? A little bit yeah. better. I'm sure if Alfredo Morelos, if he ever spoke to the media, which he's, since he's <laughs> never put up, would say, trot out the same cliche, whatever it is in Spanish, is to say that um, I'll accept whatever decision the manager makes. Um, that's what he would probably come out with. But, I mean, the thing is, Stephen Gerrard spoke so highly of him after the game in Michelin, where he did produce, you know, arguably his best performance in a Rangers shot. So I think the fact that it isn't any slight on him makes it easier to accept. And, you know, if the manager explains to him that they're challenging on four fronts this season, that he's going to have to rotate the squad, the players can't play. There's no players going to be playing every single game, as Scott said, even Arfield getting uh, dropped as well, another key man. That's what it's going to be about this season. If Rangers are going to win the league and they're going to stay in Europe, um, then they're going to have to. U- he's going to have to use the squad to its full. To, to be fair to Morelos, who's often accused of looking a bit grumpy and you know, a bit moody, it was as happy as I've seen him Absolutely. looking after yeah. the game on Sunday. I mean, yeah. I've seen him in Defoe like, embracing after the game. And Defoe get his, his match ball. Um, no, he, he looked really happy. Obviously, when he when he get the when he get the two goals, so you get the feeling. No, the two of them have maybe struck up. No, a wee relationship. No, two of them are kind of egging each other on. Um, no, who knows? They've maybe got a wee, a wee competition going. Who's going to score the most goals? That's what you want for strikers. That's what you want for players in in every position. No, driving each other on. No, making the other guy produce his best performance to try and stay in the team, and vice versa. So. Gerard will be Gerard will be delighted with that. And and you need to remember that at totally different stages of their careers. You know, I mean, Defoe as much as I mean, it is age defined Defoe. I mean, he's, you look at him and you know, I, 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 I did a piece with Nigel Winterburn. Another papers, four years they reckon they can get out. Yeah, because he'd played with him at West Ham. Actually, played in his debut. Um, for West Ham when he scored against Walsall and I was looking back at the match report funnily enough yesterday after speaking to Winterburn just to check the details and it said that, uh, it was a rain sod night away to Walsall in the Worthington Cup and he scored from eight yards pouncing on a rebounded free kick so it was just typical Defoe who then obviously went on to make a career out of scoring uh, goals like that, that typical poacher but yeah that's what he was saying I mean you look at him now I mean he's not got a pick on him Stephen Gerrard talking after the game about how the you know the fact that he's never touched a drop of alcohol in his life. I mean, it is incredible shape, but you know he is thirty six. He's going to be thirty seven in October. You know he's not going to be able to play every single game. Morelos deep down will know that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, wish, wish I'd have lived my life like that. <laughs> not, not a drop of alcohol. Scott's, Scott's not got a pick on him. He's... <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a camera in here just to explain yeah. to the listeners what we're talking exactly, about? Oh, exactly. <laughs> I think they would get a fright. You know, <laughs> Scott's the exact same uh, way he was when he was 20. <laughs> What's the old rap scene? Isn't joke that he was always a fat <laughs> bleep? <laughs> more, more wee burning, huh? No? <laughs> so, uh, well, aye, to be fair. So, when the season irons out, though, I mean, he can't keep chopping and changing from game to game. Do you thoroughly expect Morelos will come in as the number one striker I don't know. sooner I mean, rather than later? I think, no, I think Morelos is going to be his first pick. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's, you know, if you were to hold a gun to Stephen Gerrard's head and it was a title decider tomorrow, you said this, this game's to win the league, who are you going to play? I think he would play Morelos. Yeah, agreed on that. 
Aye, I think so. Um, I think at times it'll be it'll be horses for courses. I think you'll look at certain opposition. I think we said that a couple of weeks ago for the opening game of the season at Kilmarnock. No, they're really physical. You would always play Morelos and that that type of game. Um, but for other games, I think you no. Know, when Rangers do face kind of you know, these packed kind of deep line defences that, that we always speak about, I think at times he'll go with the four just because he's a bit cuter, you know, a bit more clever around the box. I think his link-up play can be better at times um, with, with the midfielder. So I think Gerard will genuinely look at the opposition as well as fitness levels and that obviously as well. Um, try, to give one, try to give them a rest at times. But I think he'll genuinely look at opposition and, and pick who he thinks who he thinks will be best for that day. But I agree with Gav. If he no, if he was playing Celtic tomorrow in a in a big decider, then Morelos would get the nod. Aye, other other standouts of the weekend because for me and um, possibly the most improved player at Rangers in the, the eighteen months or so that Gerrard's been there for me, Ryan Jack has really stepped up to the plate now as a all round complete midfielder. Uh, yep. Somebody that, to be fair, in the past I thought was maybe quite one-dimensional, but really impressed me this season. I agree with you, Fraser. I think he was immense on Sunday. Uh, probably man of the match, despite Defoe and, and Morelos getting the goals. Uh, Jack seemed to be everywhere. Um, I totally agree with you. I think at Aberdeen, he was pigeonholed as this kind of midfield anchor man that very rarely moved for uh, you know, being that shield just in front, of his, in front of his back four. I think it was all very kind of neat and tidy, no short passes, uh, not a lot of forward passes, not a lot of killer passes, but I think he's he's brought that into his game. I think Gerrard's helped with that by changing his role. He's not always the... He's not always the midfield sitter for Rangers now. Um, very rarely, actually, with, with Stephen Davis in there. So he's getting forward a lot more. He's got more license to get about the pitch, um, and he's really showing the you no know, the attributes and the qualities that he's that he's probably always had, but we maybe didn't didn't see it as much uh, at, at Aberdeen. And I think no, I'll hold my hands up. I th- no, a few weeks ago we were talking about the kind of no midfield three. Uh, Gerard's first pick, and at this season, I thought for big games it would be uh, Davis, Kamara, and Aribo. But you have to give Jack credit. I mean, it looks as if at the start of the season, um, Kamara didn't do himself any favours with a couple of you no know, misplaced passes and that, and uh, pre-season friendlies didn't quite look at it. But I think now I have to admit Jack's jumped ahead of him in the queue, and I think. I think his first choice three now would be um, what he picked on Sunday with Davis, Jack and, and Aribo in there. Aye, certainly. But strength and depth there. Right, Gavin, talking about midfielders yes. here, mm-hmm. let's spark a little debate. And uh, not from the Rangers' perspective, let's jump across to the opposition on Sunday. Hibs, now this has become a talker, bizarrely, a team that got thumped 6-1. <laughs> but um, the pass played by Scott Allen for Daryl Horgan's goal. Um, Sublime. Yep. Took out four or five, pl- four and a half players, I would say. Um, oh, there's no doubt about his quality, but for me, the reaction to it has been massively over the top. I, I would, on the flip side, say if a goalkeeper made one great save and then did nothing else for the rest of the game, yeah. it'd be slated. Any other player? Where do you stand in this debate? Scott Allen, um, great player, doesn't produce enough. 
luxury player. No, well, but I mean, we know that about him. I mean, I don't think it's, it's anything we don't know, but Scott Allen, throughout his career, has always been maybe question marks over his attitude. Nobody's doubting his ability. He showed on Sunday. That's that. To be, to be honest, that probably summed up Scott Allen. That's what he can do. You know, a flash of you know genius like that can cut a defence open. That actually reminded me of... Celtic, uh, obviously his games were limited, um, game time was limited at Celtic, but I remember him getting a very rare outing at home to Ajax in a Europa League game, I think he came off the bench in that game, Uh, and they were trailing uh, to Ajax, he came off the bench and threaded a lovely through ball for Lee Griffiths, I think, who was one-on-one with the keeper and the shot was saved. Yeah. Uh, but it was similar. Again, he just showed. And I remember after the game, everybody said, oh, why have we not seen more of Scott Allen? Why has he not had more game time? Under, I think it was Ronnie Dial at the time. Um, but And then again, he just sort of disappeared after that. But, I mean, that just that is Scott Allen, really, in a nutshell. You know, if, if he was more consistent and, you know, maybe his work rate would, you know, was a bit better, then... You know, he would be playing at a higher level. You go along with that, Scott. I mean, Rangers produced many flowing passages of play as well. Yeah, but no, no, any, no, any passes as good as that. I know Gerard himself I'd, said they'd have been of proud of themselves. Because Gerard, as a central midfielder, knows exactly how good that pass was. And I don't. I, I mean, you're talking about a Ferrari. I don't see there is no Ferrari. It's. You're allowed to talk about a moment of genius in a game, whether they get beat 6-1 or 10-1. Nobody's speaking about Scott Allen or he should be playing with Rangers or he should be playing. We're talking about a single pass in a game that was easily, we're only two weeks into it. People are saying, oh, how can you say it's the best pass of the season? Well, it's the best pass of the season because we're only two weeks into the season. So clearly it has been the best pass this season. What about Ryan Jacks over the top? Who was that against again at Ibrox? Well, it wasn't even looking and it just dinked one right in the over friendly. the top. Yeah, that was a, that, that was a brilliant games, pass, but still not as good as Scott Allen. No, no. no. It's, not, it's all about opinions, but... Slide rule and weight, I get, was perfect for Scott Allen, but... That so pass along the ground for Allen is far more difficult to execute than, than Ryan Jack's over, over, the, over top. the top of a, a defence. Um, so, Rangers fans, I don't know why in social media, no, seem to be getting... Really offended, no, when you talk up a pass against Is it because against of who it was? Probably e- the even reason, though they won six it's one. probably because it was Scott Allen, the boyhood Rangers fan who chose to go to Celtic. I mean, he was booed throughout the game, wasn't yeah. he, on, on Sunday? So that'll be a factor. Yeah. But I don't know why you kind of just put your hands yeah. up and say, what a great, what a great well, pass. Well, uh, we've got <laughs> a column on it in the paper today saying exactly that. Swanee, There's yeah. nothing Swanee's wrong with uh, t- yep, digging it. up um, a piece of excellence like that. But no. as you say, saying, that's where the Fury is. It's... it's Cost a bit of a minor storm online. Yeah, I know. I don't. I'm su- I'm su- I must admit, I'm surprised at that myself. It's not like people are suddenly saying that oh, Scott Allen is a you know he's going to, he's a world beater or, or he, this is it. This is his time. He's going to go into the next no. level. Nobody's saying that because he's produced maybe not quite as good as that, but he's always produced moments of you know real classy yeah uh, I, play throughout his career. Listen, I, I mentioned on Twitter that Rangers have been no Rangers have been missing that kind of pass for a few years that and kind of pass certainly not that kind of player no and, and I stand sure. I stand by that uh, because I mean I see I think one guy on uh, Twitter was kind of no, pleased with himself because he dug out an Ian Black pass against Stenhouse Muir which must have been like five or six years ago which if you're having to go back five years <laughs> to find a pass like that that kind of proves my point 
nobody was, pe- people seem to say because you were talking up Scott Allen's pass, it was any slight on how Rangers had played or whatever. Listen, Rangers were no terrific on Sunday, relentless, the creation and the, no kind of guile around the box. We think he's Stephen Davis set up for, for Defoe. Absolutely brilliant. Nobody's dis- nobody's disputing that. But you're allowed to pick uh, pick out a pass for a game, irrespective of who it's from or what the result was, and say that it was a moment, a, no, a rare moment, a real genius in Scottish football to produce that pass. And people that say, oh, we, no, it wasn't that great, or no, they're 10 a penny, well, show me them, because ah. I've been watching Scottish <laughs> top-flight football for the last 10 years, and you could count the passes uh, on one hand for people. So it was just trying to remind people that Scott Allen's got that in his locker. Of course, Scott Allen would be the first to admit that he's no fulfilled the potential that he had as a young player. He should have done more with his career, should have played a lot more games. Um, but you can still marvel at a, a, a pass like that because it was it was outstanding. Of course, it threw the game into it threw the game wide open again, didn't it? For a while, you said earlier, Gavin, when we were speaking before the we started the uh, podcast, that was, there was a wee window for Hibs. Um, Rangers were rocking a bit. It does seem ridiculous because you know the final score was six one, but I think from Daryl Horgan's goal until the red card, there's no doubt that fans were kind of getting a little bit kind of antsy and thinking, here we go again. You know, I think they could sense the possible... Hibs were in the ascendancy and I think they did... They definitely sensed just for that brief sort of spell there could be two points dropped here. But that's that's the encouraging thing for Rangers after only two games. We're talking about Kilmarnock and Hibs, two teams where Rangers dropped a total of 16 points, I think, league points against mm-hmm. last season. Right. Would that be right? 10 and 10, 10 and against Kilmarnock. 10 and Yeah. 10 and 6. Aye, 16. Yeah, so 16 in total. That's got to be the encouraging thing after two games for Ranger, uh, the Rangers fans that it looks certainly early on that the same mistakes and the same script from last season has been ripped up um, mm-hmm. but of yeah, course we're two games in and you also need to say oh, the kind of flip side of that is for the first 35 minutes the game should have been yeah. done I mean Hibs shouldn't have even been allowed to get back into the game Rangers got off to a brilliant start the kind of start Gerard wants from them no high tempo intensity that, that high press in Hibs face I think Paul Heckingbottom admitted as much that they were no, clearly second best for that first 35 minutes. So, no, Rangers were excellent at the start. Should have been three or four goals in front with the game put to bed. But Gav's right, when they get that goal, suddenly it gets a wee bit, a wee bit tetchy because people think, no, no clinical enough again. We've allowed a team back into it again. Similar uh, with the Kilmarnock game last week, allowing them to score late on. Um, but credit to them again, once they got over that, once Hibs went down to 10 men, they were they were pretty ruthless in the final third. Celtic set the challenge 24 hours earlier by going to Motherwell and comprehensively dismissing the first park side uh, 5-2. Rangers respond with a 6-1 home to Hibs. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see a season now where both clubs go toe-to-toe, blow away the rest of the season? Is this gap going to be bigger between the top two and the rest of the, 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 the other 10 than it's been for a generation do well, you reckon it looks like well I mean if we're just looking here before we obviously came on air uh, the last time Rangers won the league eight years ago I've got the table in front of me here so Rangers finished 
uh, won the league and finished 30 points ahead of third place Hearts with Celtic just a point behind. So that was the kind of, you know, for that spell every year, you know, you had the kind of, you know, the title race was always going right down to the wire. And it's exciting, it's exciting for fans, uh, even neutrals, you know. Or, you what know, was the points total in that, that season, if you've got it there? 93, Rangers had 93, Hearts were third with 63, Celtic right. on 92. Um but that's what punters love, don't we? We all love it. We love it in the media. We love being able to talk it up. We've not had it for so long. I think we kind of thought we would have it when Rangers first come back to the top flight. You know, the hype clearly was unfounded and, you know, Rangers haven't been able to mount a serious challenge since. Brendan <coughs> Rodgers came in and took them on to another level. But you do get the feeling that this season it is going to be like that and they will blow the others away. I mean, Aberdeen, we thought, um, you know, we can't write them off after two games, but I mean, to lose to St Mirren on right. Sunday was a, a huge blow. So early in Hearts, the season, yeah. Hearts, who started last season, you know, you know, flying, they, they, they just looked short. Hibs, you know, you thought with their signings, maybe. Kelly, uh, Kelly as well. Kelly have gone as well. Watch them it's, Saturday. There. Actually, I, you gone. can see where people are coming from now when you they suggest yeah, the guys. I, I remember speaking to Derek McInnes. Uh, at the end of last season, no, during pre-season there, and we were talking about points totals and how Aberdeen had performed, and it sticks in my head, I think, I'm sure Aberdeen finished with 67 points last season, and Derek was saying, no, they always kind of aim for 70 points, he thinks if they get 70 points, they'll be in Europe and they'll be challenging up there. But, I mean, if you're rhyming off that table, would you say Hearts were in third? 63. 63, so it's... Similar, so even if Derek McInnes and Aberdeen, <clears throat> who you'd regard, despite Kelly's great season last year, you'd always regard Aberdeen as the third, the third best team in the country, and I certainly would. But if they're aiming for, you know, 67, 70 points, you know, if Rangers and Celtic do go the way we think they might go, you no, know, looking at these first few games, it could be a similar kind of difference again I don't think it would be as much as 30 points I mean that would be a lot from first to third but certainly the indications are it could be it could be getting back to that it's listen it's early days but it is early but what it does mean and if the season pans out as we're predicting here what it does mean is there's going to be huge emphasis on those old firm games yeah of course I mean in, in this one I think we mentioned in last week's podcast about Rangers trying to go into that one uh, certainly with nine points and if they could emerge from that with 12 and they win that first off game, I think that's the point when you would people would really start taking Rangers seriously I mean if they can have 12 points from the opening four games I think that would send out a, a huge message or even if they at least avoid defeat at Ibrox I think um, if they come out of that one and they're unbeaten after four games, it would be huge. You're right. I mean, I think the old firm games will be massive obviously I mean, they, they usually always are However, just thinking about last season, no, obviously they, they changed the, the ticketing for these games no, with only 800 fans, 800 away fans at either ground. And suddenly you see Celtic win the two games at ah, Celtic Park, Rangers yeah. win the two games at Ibrox. Yep. I don't think you can underrate it. I mean, it sounds daft, but I actually think that does have a no, a big impact on it. And mm-hmm. I, no, I think you could see... No, Celtic winning the two games at Celtic Park again, Rangers winning both games well, at Highbrook, six points each. completely blows that scenario out the, the window that's what, then. That's what ah. I was going to say. If it ends up that that's the way it does go, 
no, it could be how you perform against the rest that counts. It could be one slip up at Rugby Park or one slip up at Petaudry. Mm could be really yeah. costly although if you flip well, it to Gav's argument it could be just whoever breaks that no that yeah, kind of cycle if you like one, yeah. even, a po- even Rangers yeah. getting a point at Celtic Park and winning the two games at Ibrox and they were closer I would suggest last year they were closer to getting yeah, a point at Parkhead yep. than Celtic were in the two games at yeah, yeah 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 but in terms of the title race it's certainly I mean if it is going to be nip and tuck I mean you think back to all the kind of you know, you think of Celtic going up to Inverness that midweek, you know, when uh, I think that might have been actually the season when Rangers last yeah. won the league, was it? When, you know, they went up on a Thursday night and probably it was a tea time kickoff for Neil Lennon kick, kick, kick the water balls. Yeah. I mean, it's like that, you know, that then then the pressure on the sides, you know, especially when you've got that one, you know, one's playing 24 hours later with a live game and, you know, one team can win on the Saturday and put pressure on the team going away on the Sunday. It's That's great for, the, you know, it's great for great oh, drama absolutely. and it's great excitement. Yeah. And that's what you want. And it's so long since we experienced that. That would be difficult for Rangers, you know, if they were in the if Europa League. always a Sunday, yeah. always playing catch up. Aye. I mean, that's, I mean, if you take out the cup game this week, Rangers play St Mern the following Sunday as well. That's like the first three first three league games. No, Rangers have been in the Celtic on the Saturday, Rangers on the Sunday. Yeah, first three, that's, that's right. That's tricky. Uh, mm. no, if Celtic win, that puts real pressure on Rangers on the Sunday to go out and, to go out and do it. And obviously, they've done it the first couple of games, but if they were to get to the Europa League group stage, say Celtic won the Champions League or, or out of Europe altogether, and Celtic were playing the majority on the Saturday with Rangers the next day. That would be a yeah, no, a slight disadvantage. That that would be tricky for any for any team. Or the flip side is Celtic dropping the Saturday and then, you know, Celtic drop points on the Saturday and then Slight. it's a chance that yeah. which happened still, actually. Still so pressure though. Like a sudden death shootout, isn't it? It's taking the set, taking the second kick and a sudden death penalty shootout. The pressure's yep. more on you. But I'm getting a producer in my ear telling us to hurry up, lads. Right. So Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. A wee bit of transfer talk. It always comes back to Ryan Kent. Okay. I mean, Gerard said there could be one more signing. <laughs> And uh, to come in the last three weeks of the window, ah, he's hinted at signing right. number 10. Look, he's certainly not hinted it'd be Ryan Kent. But once again, look, Ryan Kent at the weekend was banished to the under-23s with Liverpool. It appears to be miles out of their uh, first-team reckoning now in the space of a few weeks. His reaction, I think he went kind of biblical. He was referring to <laughs> the quotes for the Bible, making it abundantly clear that he's feeling a bit of a prisoner at Anfield. I think his previous social media posts make it clear he wants to return to Rangers. The figures that Liverpool are quoting here, seven, eight, up to ten million, let's be honest, that's a drop in the ocean for a club the size of Liverpool. Why aren't they just letting this guy go out to Rangers again? If that's what he wants, what's the point? On loan or a permanent? Either or. (coughs) A deal, I think we've suggested a deal could be struck in some way and structure a deal that maybe edges towards the six, seven million? Listen, it does it seems a bit bizarre <clears throat> for Liverpool's point of view in terms of you know, these clubs always talk about the development of their young players. You no know, moving to Rangers on loan last year was a great move for Ryan Kent's development. MD anybody could see that. You no know, Liverpool will know that. I'm sure Jurgen Klopp will have seen a different player return to you no know, Melwood this summer than the one that left uh, a year ago because 
the games that he, the amount of games that he played for Rangers, you know, the level of game, you consider the old firm derbies in the Europa League game. So that move last season worked for everybody, for Ryan Kent, for Rangers and for Liverpool. Why Liverpool would then be or seem to be content to you no know, let him play away with under twenty threes this year, um surely that will take him that that would take that would regress him, you not know, yeah. take his development back the way. So I don't I don't get it. I mean The holding out for a European bid then. Is that the only thing we can possibly surmise you know, I mean, here? <laughs> Holding out for any bid, I suppose, until the European windows, whether it's Scotland or, or, or wherever else. Um, but, I mean, listen, we all said that Ryan Kent wouldn't get anywhere near the Liverpool team, and that's that's right. So they've waited, thinking they could sell him. After what Jurgen Klopp said at Murrayfield, it was clear they were looking for a they were looking for a buyer in the window. I'm assuming they thought it would come fi- from England. That hasn't happened, so... Why you wouldn't you know, pick up the phone to Rangers, knowing that the player wants to go there, he enjoyed it so much, he developed so much at Ibrooks. Why they can't get back uh, back talking on the phone and, and, and try to do a deal, I, I, I'm not quite sure. It does seem a bit baffling, but Rangers have also went out and signed Brandon Barker as well. So yeah. I don't know, does Steven Gerrard even want Has to? Has he given up? Add Brian Kent to the, the, the amount of wingers he's got. Already, I suppose you could argue if you get Jamie Murphy and Jake Hasty out in loan, Glenn Middleton out in loan, it would, you know, it might open up a, a wee space. But it does seem uh, bizarre from Liverpool's point of view. But we were saying at the start of the, or just before we came on, a Liverpool really that bothered. I mean, it's a, as you say, it's a seven eight million pound player. No, if he does need to sit there for a year. Uh, if he doesn't even run down his contract, I mean, I'll Liverpool yeah. that that first about it. You'd have thought they would have been, but it doesn't. It doesn't look that way well, at the moment. They clearly are, but the fact that they're taking such a strong stance. But I think the, the, the sad thing in all of this is that nobody's winning because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. right, certainly not the player. You know, the player's not winning, but Liverpool aren't really gaining anything. I mean, unless the, I mean, the best they can hope for of keeping Ryan Kent is. He plays a few Carabao Cup goals, you know, you, you have him around, he's decent, you know, they've got a long season, loads of games, okay, he gets a few Carabao Cup games, but t- but Rangers don't gain out of it either because they're not getting the player back, so nobody, I can't see anybody benefiting from this, um, but the, the sad thing is, I mean, if you take Ryan Kent last season, you know, arguably the best player in the park at Ibrooks when they beat Celtic 1-0, scores at Parkhead in front of 60,000. To go from that, I mean, what must have been going through his mind at the weekend, you know, when you're playing in front of two men and a dog in another 23s game, that that cannot be satisfying him anymore. And the other yeah. ironic thing here is that, I mean, Liverpool have allowed Harry Wilson to go out on one again, yeah. haven't they? To Bournemouth. I wonder what how Liverpool view the two of them differently because similar stage in their careers, same age, you know, both had, I think maybe Harry Wilson's had one less loan move than Ryan Kent, but I wonder what the difference is with, yeah. with, that's, that's with the two point. of them. And probably, and the, the sad thing is they probably view Wilson at a higher level because he did not the Championship last year and... No, the perception down south is that the championship's far better than the, the Scottish Premiership. Week in, week out. Whether we like it or not. Yeah. I mean, that's why when they were talking about Harry Wilson going on a permanent deal, the, no, the chap was like 20 million, 20, 25 million, all because he had won 
no good season at Derby where mm-hmm. no they they couldn't even get promoted. Yeah. So I think that it, it, it's about perception. That's why probably they're looking at Kent, as you say, in that kind of seven eight million bracket. Um, but Gav's right. I mean, they let Ben Woodburn go on loan. They let Harry Wilson go out. Why they wouldn't want to do the same with Kent? Uh, is yeah. or if they have made their mind up and they've which seems to be the case as Jurgen Klopp said uh, said that is it the time for loan is over and we will, the only way he leaves Anfield is if we sell him they've then got to be realistic with the asking price because if they're not going to get yeah. what they're looking for surely rather than let the guy's career suffer I mean I understand that they've developed him and, and, and they want to make money and, and it's, I think we probably see it as oh, they can just go and do Rangers a favour and do Stephen Gerrard a favour but if that's not the case you know and, and they just it's just purely a business decision where they want money back on him they just take what you can get, but they get I mean they, don't but, don't price them out of a move just but, just take, take the maximum you can get well, they, they, they where's this going to end for Ryan Kent that's they, what you've got to ask they, they gave him a four Sure, they gave him a four or yeah. five year deal. He's contracting until 2023. Yeah. yeah, before they yeah. no, so before he came to Rangers, they gave him a new four or five year deal. So I don't understand after one year, what's happened in Klopp, that 12 Jürgen months? Klopp says that's it, he doesn't go on loan anymore. Yeah, Aye. but I think a lot of the time, do they not just do that with these players where they give so them they get big money? Yeah, so they get big money. Yeah. It's more of a kind of business. That, well, let's just say it's not because they actually believe that they'll play in the future, it's just yeah. because they then. Hold all the aces yeah. because they can say, "Well, he's contracted until." Right. I was yeah. ju- no, I was just thinking. I know that. I know they would think he's not going to play for Liverpool. But I thought if you give him that length of contract, surely you'd expect. Well, he might need one, two year loan at least. To think he just it's like one year loan and then that's it. Uh-huh. Either plays for Liverpool or we sell him. Four years of nothing. That seems yeah. strange. Well, just to wrap up, lads. Um, on the flip side, they got three million pound. Rangers did spend this summer on Philip Hellander. Now. To me, he seems to be getting further away from a first-team opportunity um, <coughs> rather than closer. Not even in the, the squad again at the weekend there. Um, while the other three flourish, I would suggest Kartich and Goldson have very much made one and two their own places in central defence. And George Edmondson have bored everyone to tears with how, how highly I rate him since he's moved north. Um, Hellander's going to have to move quickly or he's going to find himself frozen out as number four central defender. He is. I mean, we can only assume that he's he's not quite match sharp, not a hundred percent fit. Uh, obviously, Stephen Gerrard's seen him every day in training, so he knows better than anyone. I'm sure that will frustrate him. Um, no, Gerrard would have known that he'd take a wee bit of time to get up to speed. But certainly, when we spoke to him uh, after some of the pre-season friendly, shortly after uh, Helander signed. No, the the vibe I got for Gerard was that he'll be no, he'll be ready in a couple of weeks. No, and he'll be ready to go to go in. I mean, people were talking about how um he might be ready for the, the away game at, at Rugby Park the, the first game of the season. But as you say, he's not even been in the last couple of squads or on the bench. So it's no, it's a wee bit strange. Katic has been in there, made the position his own. I think Gerard will stick with Goldson and Katic now until something Dramatic happens, obviously. I, I like that duo last season. Yeah, they're, they're playing his five through at the weekend. That might be a chance Is for him a chance, to, yeah. to get Edmondson or uh, Helander some some minutes. Well, so it, there, it, didn't, there might uh, be a it didn't overly impress me in the friendlies. Obviously, it was very unfair to, to uh, make any judgment when he came on late against uh, Blackburn. The timing of that one was unfortunate before the Blackburn goal. But uh, again, against Derby, I thought he looked uh, maybe a little bit sloppy. Just got question marks over this £3 million signing. 
already. Me personally, I just haven't watched the watched right. them in action. I'm not quite sure it was the best use of three million pound if Rangers were going to make that outlay this summer. Can't believe, you're, can't believe you're slaughtering the guy who's no. not even played a game yet. I I'm would, sparking geez, debate. I mate. would give the guy a chance, but what I wouldn't do is, I mean, we're talking about this old firm game being huge, you know, and you're only talk. I mean, we've only got one league game before that. I just don't think he can disrupt Katic and goals. I absolutely before don't. That no. I mean, I don't think there's anything Hillander could do between now and then that would. Uh, Make Justin Gerrard change that the heart of that defence. I just wonder when he gets his chance then. I don't know. Well, I mean, what's the game after the inter- after Celtic? You've got international break, and then it's home to Livingston, maybe. You know, maybe you could... Maybe the Betfred Cup defender. Guys, we need to wrap this one up. Thanks Three very much. Three million pounds for a Betfred Cup. Well, that, that, was my, that was my claim. <laughs> that, was, that was my point. Three that was my pound. point. Right, okay. And I'll stand by it for now until I'm proved wrong. <laughs> That'll not be long. Uh, right, thanks very much all for joining us. Don't forget you'll be able to follow the Mitchell and Europa League Clash live in our live blog on Thursday evening. Thanks very much to you for joining us. Thanks to Scott, thanks to Gavin for coming on. If you want to continue the debate, you can find us on Twitter at record underscore sport and on Facebook as well. We'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers, so don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can rate us on there too. Thanks for listening. Oh.